Hello there. I'm History of the Flash, but you could call me JD. And ahoy! I'm the comic book hunter, but you could call me Hunter. And welcome to A Hero Story, episode 41. A Hero Story is a podcast where we talk all things comics. Those comics include Marvel and DC and nothing else. Sorry, yep. we'll branch out <laughs> one day. Uh, we also talk comic book movies, comic book news, com- animated movies, uh, video games, all things comics. You get the gist. Uh, we start out with the news of the week, and then we move on to the comics of the week, where we go over each comic. We rate it out of 10 and then uh, sometimes we do a character of the week which we do have a character of the week planned today the character of the week will be the trickster so if you're looking forward to that cool um (laughs) anyway uh we'll start out with the news of the week and the big news of the week is of course that the avengers endgame trailer dropped and rather surprisingly dropped and we'll break it down for you piece by piece and what we think and i guess any theories we have and yeah, so Hunter, take it away. Well, first off, I'll just say that uh, for the comics of the week that we'll talk about afterwards, we have The Grim Knight, number one, Superman, number nine, The Flash, number 66, The Amazing Spider-Man, number 17, which I just read, and I also just read Red Hood and the Outlaw, num- or Red Hood Outlaw, number 32, which I will just briefly men- mention here and there my opinion on that. But yeah, starting with the Endgame trailer. Uh, so yeah, that came out of nowhere. <laughs> Uh, one week after Captain Marvel, Marvel's already shooting out Endgame trailers right after Shazam say, tickets now on sale, so. <laughs> Classic d- rivalry that may or may not have been coincidence. Uh, yeah, I don't think, usually they announce these trailers, but this one, they just kind of dropped it Thursday morning, I think, Thursday, yeah, no, on Wednesday, Thursday morning. Uh, I guess we'll break it down, uh, starts off with some flashbacks, we don't get a lot of new footage here, which... I am okay with, with the question mark at the end. Uh, starting off with Iron Man, we get a flashback to his origin before seeing his destroyed mask. So, like, you know, him in the desert. I do like how they're kind of going with, like, a black and white feel with some reds popping. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, but you see, like, Iron Man's flashback, and then it cuts to Iron Man starving in space. Food and water ran out four days ago. Kind of thing. Kind of similar <laughs> scenes. So already like 30 seconds in, everything we've seen, we've seen. If that makes sense. Next yeah. up, Captain America. We see him joining the military. We see him like getting his muscles. And then after 37 seconds into this trailer, we get new footage of Captain America blinking. <laughs> Go to Hawkeye <laughs> and his daughter, who I remembered her name before recording this episode, but now I can't remember. Well, I'm assuming, I mean, I see a little girl with Hawkeye with a bow. I'm assuming it's Kate Bishop. I mean, that's her name. Not Kate Bishop. Well, so in the comics, that's like, I'm not big into Marvel like that. And I don't really know much about Kate Bishop, although I know there's like some crazy Twitter fans for her. (laughs) She has a big (laughs) following. But uh, Kate Bishop is the second Hawkeye. But it's not his daughter in the comics, right? I I haven't really read like Young Avengers and stuff like that, but I don't think it's his daughter. But I could be wrong here. Oh, God, we probably sound like fans that know nothing here. We're, we're, we sound like MCU fans right now. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Yeah, we don't read comics at all, I guess. I'm just going to throw this Spider-Man comic away. <laughs> we're not too big into the Marvel. But if I'm not mistaken, Kate Bishop is not his daughter in the comics. But it looks like they might be setting up his daughter to be Kate, Kate Bishop. Bishop. Like a, a, yeah. movie, a, mo- a movie version, at least. I'm that hoping makes- that, assuming she gets snapped that at when the snap is reversed uh she becomes the next hawkeye which makes me feel like hawkeye hawkeye might die here i feel I like mean, just you heard, you heard the rumor that um only two out of the original six avengers are going to survive apparently yeah and it's cap and tony no way <laughs> no, <laughs> if it's crazy. only two i'm gonna say it is iron man and thor i'm gonna go with thor and black widow but like oh, Hulk's yeah, gonna be alive, but like the Bruce side of him is gonna be dead. Ooh, cool, cool concept. I can see Black Widow actually. I can see. I, I just feel like Iron Man's gonna live. I totally I see him living. Don't don't get your hopes up, buddy. I, <laughs> uh, I, I but the fact that they're showing a mystery girl, Kate Bishop, or not, <laughs> shooting an arrow makes me feel like okay, this is the start of legacy for Hawkeye. A legacy. Yeah, I like Hawkeye. it. So, yeah, they do a little high five. Then we cut to a Hawkeye looking super depressed in Chinatown or Japan. Sorry if that was offensive. And (laughs) (laughs) raining and holding the hand of Black Widow. Best friends. Then flashback to uh, the funeral from Civil War from uh, 
Agent Carter's death. And we go to Asgard. Again, a lot of flashbacks to, I guess, would you call this the Trinity of Marvel? Thor, oh, Captain definitely. America, and Iron Man? Yeah, so Marvel's Trinity. We get a lot of flashbacks to them. Uh, then we get flashbacks to the snap happening. You know, we don't see the actual, but we see the dust going away. That was a solid snap. Uh, <laughs> a lot of, it's all black and white again. Now, the next part after this is we see Ant-Man, which I find super cool what he's doing. He's not just, like, walking around. He's walking around with missing posters everywhere. And I like that. It makes me feel like he didn't get out of the quantum realm right away. I mean, it feels like he's been gone for, I want to say, a couple months. A couple weeks might make more sense. But I feel like he's been gone for a while. And so, coming out of this... He might be like, where'd everyone go? And he goes to his home. No one's in his home. No one's on the streets. Everyone's gone. There's missing posters everywhere. It's like an apocalyptic apocalyptic vibe. It kind of reminds me, if I'm right about this, it would remind me of Rick Grimes, Walking Dead, episode one. Oh, or, yeah. You know? I don't know if you've yeah, seen Walking Dead or not. but Yeah, I, the first like four seasons, but yeah. Okay, yeah. Rick Grimes waking up in the hospital. That's like ant-man getting out of the quantum realm dead open inside yeah and (laughs) yeah but like you walk around and nobody is around and there's missing posters and the streets are dirty and like where is everyone i feel like that's gonna happen with ant-man because if half the world disappears would you stay in your little small town neighborhood oh no way i feel like everyone would kind of go to the same place like a i don't know what you call it like a facility in a way to like stay together i don't know what you call it yeah you know what i mean though but like a a refugee center like yeah that's the word yeah so i feel like nobody would be in his hometown except for maybe some thugs that he has to take down (laughs) (laughs) let's see uh then we get the batwing uh just an avenger ship (laughs) flying by (laughs) sorry i'm just going through this trailer slowly more shots of hawkeye and black widow together we get a shot of hawkeye running through a tunnel and an explosion happening behind him uh i feel like okay so there's rumors before that they the what are the avengers doing like obviously they gotta find thanos and kill him i feel like thanos wouldn't come back to earth though earth may have been the biggest challenge for him but why would he go back because he's probably just chilling on his planet or gamora's planet just being a farmer so the avengers are kind of stranded on earth here what i think due to some rumors that happened that may or may not be true in infinity war during the battle for wakanda those little spider black aliens came out like and they were running around you know what if the avengers didn't kill them all and what if some of them survived the snap and now they're just roaming earth killing people uh there's a rumor going around that that could be true and what the avengers are doing now in this snapified world are just hunting down these creatures to put an end to them from killing the remaining people on earth so i feel like this explosion thing could have been like a trap that the avengers set up and someone had to like make it go off so hawkeye had to run out of the way a trap to like lure these black creatures in and then blow them up i'm probably thinking way too much into this but uh yeah no 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 is that actually an interesting theory i could see that being true yeah uh we see a a rocket raccoon on war machine war machine got a new suit it's a lot clunkier (laughs) It's got two it little screws. Like, yeah. <laughs> I I kind of like it. I kind of don't. It's a little... It's very I mean, much tank-like. I, I'm a big fan of, like, practical Iron Man suits. Like, I'm, this might be, like, controversial, but I think the Iron Man suit looks better in, like, the original Iron Man movies than it does in... Uh, Infinity War. No, oh, yeah, I, I didn't a, like. I didn't like the look of the Iron Man suit in Infinity War. I, I get that it's like nanotech opinion. and it was cool the way it like uh, formed in, but I didn't like the way it looked. Like I thought it was too CGI-ish. So I kind of like too practical. Sleek. So yeah. So I, I think it is cool that War Machine is like very practical. But me too. Yeah. But it is clunkier yeah, than any clunk. other Iron Man suit besides the Hulk Buster. So. Yeah. But it's cool. I kind of like a War Machine that's going for that more like Arsenal type look. He's got two little screws that look like little dimples, but that's okay. He maybe likes to smile. <laughs> uh, Hawkeye has got a new haircut with the mohawk kind of thing going on. We get shots of all the characters looking all serious and angry. Uh, Black Widow's using a gun, being like, yeah, just, just imagine that targets Thanos. 
Uh, I don't think a gun's going to stop him, but we'll see. No. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. Uh, we see another shot from the TV shot spot from the Super Bowl of Captain America tightening his shield, and then you see his face, and he's finally wearing his helmet slash mask, which I'm happy for. I feel like a lot of superhero movies tend to take the mask away from heroes just to show the actor's face, but it's good to see that Cap will be wearing his mask again. I know there's and concept it's nice, art and it's before, nice but... to see him beardless. I mean, I I mean Chris Evans, you know, he could rock a beard and all, but it just didn't fit Captain America for me. I love to see him beardless. Yeah, I did like the beard, but I'm really glad they didn't continue with it. I mean, this is might be Captain America's last movie. Let's have him as Captain America, not Nomad, or whatever you want to call him. So we get uh, Ant-Man using a pencil as a spring, so that's fun. Then the shot of Tony, and then we get the, uh, I guess, the big scene of Avengers HQ of the slow-mo walk wearing all the quantum suits. Uh, you want, what do you think of these white suits? And this I is all the like Avengers, them. too. <laughs> By the way, this is like Tony and Nebula are there as well. Yeah, uh, I don't like them. I think they look extremely cheesy. Uh, it gives me flashbacks to like the 2000s X-Men when they all wear the same suit. And I just think it looks like not good. <laughs> the, the, the thing I always like about team books uh, in the comics is they all have different suits and it looks badass. It's like like an, uh, I'm a big sports fan. So like an all-star game in sports when they all wear like their uh, uniform for their team. I think that's cool Like to see them all together though. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if that analogy makes sense. But no, it does. Uh, so – so to see, you know, like how the Justice League, you know, they don't have matching outfits. And, you know, the Avengers, they don't have matching outfits. So to see them have matching outfits, it's a little cheesy. And I just don't think the white fits a lot of their aesthetics. Like it looks weird on certain characters, like especially like War Machine. I War think Machine's it looks cool black. on War Machine, but I understand how it doesn't fit on some like uh, Black Widow. Yeah. You have I Black just, in I the think name. It's kind of cheesy. <laughs> And somebody made like an edit of like uh, Daredevil wearing the white suit or Deadpool wearing the white suit. It looks so bad. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be Daredevil. I can't see. I can yeah. see Deadpool. Be he decent, can't but... see either. Oh, <laughs> the line jokes. But yeah, I'm not a fan of the white suit. I'm not a fan of the matching suits. I hope that's like a one scene thing and it's over. Now, uh, if you look closely on these suits, um, they are all the same except for War Machines. Uh, they're all Ant Man suits. Fun fact. I think uh, they all the have the realm, right? Yeah, but they all have the exact same design as Ant Man suit with some white on it. You could mostly tell if you look at kind of like the top of the chest. You see that little like silver thing. It looks like a zipper, but it's not a zipper. That's on Ant Man suit. And if you look past the white, it's all red in the same fabric as Ant Man suit. These all look like little, no, little. I guess regular sized Ant Man suits. So. I don't see them going like all big and all small. That'd be really weird. But I feel like mm-hmm. just the reason they got these suits isn't because of Tony or Rocket or Nebula. It's because of Scott or maybe Hank. So just I mean, that would be nice. That'd yeah. Be nice. That'd be cool. Which makes me think maybe Scott gets out of the quantum realm because Hank actually survived the snap and he pulls him out. I know at the end of Ant-Man the Wasp how there's just dust everywhere where he was standing. But we didn't see him disappear. Maybe he just... Went to get a coffee or something at the wrong time. Or <laughs> I, I don't think so. I think he's. I think he's dusted you away. You never know. You never know. <laughs> you never know. That's true. That's true. I'm, I'm gonna say Hank Pym is still alive, but yeah. Uh, yeah that's basically the end of the trailer until we get the title and the whole da 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 da. Uh, <laughs> then we see. <laughs> then we see Thor and Captain Marvel, not in suits. There's some regular clothing, tank top, hoodie. And uh, Thor summon, or what do you call it? Pulls Stormbreaker towards him, and uh, Captain Marvel doesn't even flinch. She kind of glances at Stormbreaker, and then looks back at him, and he goes, "I like this one," and that's where it ends. So, it's- and then Brie Larson was like, "I don't need a fifteen hundred year old Norse man to tell me what he does and doesn't <laughs> like about me." Joking, of course. <laughs> so it's a joke on Brie Larson. But you didn't get that one at home. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to explain the joke. Yeah, you see, Brie Larson does not like forty-year-old white men, so she's not going to like a fifteen-hundred-year-old Norse god. No, but that was uh, interesting. I, I heard uh, rumors that the Russo brothers, uh, in early versions of the script, uh, thought about making Thor and Captain Marvel like a thing. So maybe it could still happen. I mean, I, I don't think I'd want it to happen. I don't think I'd want it to happen either. <laughs> if you can move on from Jane, good for him. He looked a little upset in Thor Ragnarok. A little bit, yeah. Was, yeah, uh, a little bit. Uh, I like seeing Captain Marvel here. I think just seeing her with the other Avengers, uh, it fits, you know, it looks well with 
together. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that too. Like she's already kind of like a natural fit with the team. Like she doesn't seem like she's really sticking out. Like she's just one of the Avengers. Yeah. So that's awesome. And be weird if she stuck out in a bad way. I feel like once they're all suited up, she'll even stick out. I hope we get a shot similar to Avengers 1 where it circles the team and Captain Marvel's there and hopefully that scene happens post-snap and we get every hero there. <laughs> so, which we I'm sure we will because while Endgame was being... Well, Infinity War and Endgame filmed back-to-back. While one of them were being filmed, there was interviews saying there is a scene in one of these two movies where every single superhero is in one room together and it's an action scene. So Interesting. that didn't happen in Infinity War, so it looks like it's going to happen in Endgame. Did, did you see that? I don't even remember who released it, but it, uh, it was like an animated thing where uh, it like showed them taking down Thanos, and it's like every Marvel hero, and it even includes like the Fantastic Four and the oh, X-Men yeah. and all them. That was like a really cool. Like If they could do a scene like that with like the theme playing in the background, just like a wide shot of all of them, that would be cool. That would be awesome. Hopefully in their regular suits, not the quantum suits. Yeah, yeah, of course. Though I feel like a... Sp- Quantum Spider-Man suit would look kind of cool. That's just me. <laughs> uh, what do you think in general of the trailer? Um, I love the tone. I think it's serious. I mean, Marvel's done that before, like Iron Man 3 and Age of Ultron trailers, where I thought it was going to be this serious, like, great movie, and it didn't end up that way. But I, I think this one um, had really good tone, and I thought they showed just the right amount of stuff. And I love the use of flashbacks to fill in the gaps because... Um, I don't want them to show me the movie before I see the movie. I want to be surprised when I'm in the theater. I typically don't even watch that many trailers. I mean, I, I watch them more now for the podcast, but back in the day, like, I don't really watch trailers like that. Even for like superhero spot. movies? Or just... I mean, for BVS, I watched every single trailer and every single TV spot, so I knew half the movie before I got in there. <laughs> but um, for, like, other movies, like... Um, I had like the Iron Man movies and the Captain America movies. Like, I didn't watch trailers like that just because I wanted to be surprised. Okay, well... I'm sorry for ruining the surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this goddamn podcast taking away my surprise. No, no, but it's it's uh, it's good. And I I heard, I mean, I don't know if this is true, but that um, they were only using like the first 15 or 20 minutes of film uh, to put in the trailers. Now, I don't think that's true because we see Tony back on Nebula. Earth. So yeah. that's probably past the first 15 minutes. But I feel like for the most part, it's true. Yeah, they, I mean, they haven't shown... Like, we don't even know what's going on in the Soul Soul Stone world, and we don't know what's going on with Thanos, and I like it that way. I want to be surprised in the theater. Yeah, I guess we haven't seen Thanos once in any of these trailers, and this is the last Avengers trailer. We are going to get TV spots that will show a few new tidbits of details, but nothing too major. Um, then again, it is the MCU. Usually the TV spots show fairly big things, but avoid them if you don't want to be spoiled. Yeah, I'll probably be avoiding them myself. Yeah, well, good trailer. Uh, looking forward to it, and tickets are not on sale. <laughs> yeah, but tickets are on sale for Shazam. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you like to use Fandango, like this is how our, kind of our transition here. Uh, if you like to use Fandango like I do to buy tickets, we're not sponsored, but if Fandango, if you want to, <laughs> if you want to sponsor us real quick, we'll take it. Uh, but anyway, if you use Fandango, you can go see Shazam like two weeks early. You can see it on March 23rd as opposed to like April 5th. So yep. yeah, Hunter and I already have our tickets, meaning the next podcast episode will probably be delayed a little bit, but you will be getting a Shazam review two weeks early. Yep. So, yeah. so tune in next week for Shazam review. View. but the episode's not done yet uh we still have a lot of comics to go over to, a lot of comics to go over with uh some good some bad some okay so uh with that being said jd you want to take it away yeah let's start with uh superman number nine because hunter did not like this one i'm kind of <laughs> surprised but i want to know why you know it's killing yeah. me i'm gonna edge my seat here <laughs> Bendis. We, we, talk, we, we talk about the comics before we uh actually go over them so I, get, I got to see like a little bit of how Hunter felt, and I'm curious how he expressed himself. So Superman number nine. Uh, we start in Clark's dream. Uh, Bendis has done this before, and I don't remember which issue, but he did it in an earlier issue where Clark is kind of dreaming. Uh, this time, every hero in the world is – or not every hero in the world, but a lot of heroes are at the Fortress of Solitude. And Clark is with uh, Lois, John, and his daughter. He has a daughter in his dream. <laughs> um, John is wearing an eye patch. Uh, he must have messed with Goose the Cat. It's a bad joke. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> um, Lois is wearing a Superwoman suit. Uh, Clark's daughter doesn't have a name that I can see here, uh, and Supergirl is also there, flying behind them. Uh, but they go out, and basically, it's like 
it's World Peace Day, and every hero wants to go thank Superman. So you see people from Shazam to the Hawks, uh, Kilowog, and a bunch of Green Lanterns, the Bat Family. Uh, you even see Jay Garrick in the bottom left, which I thought was pretty dope. He's like covered by words, but you can see. You can oh make yeah, out you Jay can. Garrick. I didn't so, notice that before. Jay Garrick, no, no Wally West, but Jay Garrick, and Jay Garrick's like with a little girl who looks like she's wearing a flash suit herself. So curious who that is, yeah. but it's probably just you know in the art. But yeah, every, every hero that you could think of is there. So it's really also cool to think. some heroes that you can't think of. Uh, you see a little looks like a little son for our Aquaman. There could be Aquaman Junior. Or Arthur Jr., sorry, but or a new character. He's wearing kind of a weird suit. It's kind of a weird character design. Jimmy Olsen's there with a wife and son, it seems. Wonder Woman's there, and there's a little Wonder Girl with her. Uh, There's two Batman with a new Robin. I I saw that too. (laughs) Yeah. Two people in a Batman suit, new Robin, Nightwing with a mustache, and a (laughs) Catwoman with her older costume. So I guess Superman ships Batcat. So that's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> and um, also joining them is the House of Zod, which uh, they were in the last dream as well. Uh, the House of Zod from New Krypton. It's Zod and his family. And looks like Zod's family has grown so much in this dream. So good old Clark's dream. But yeah, so Clark uh, wakes up as it seems like at the end of all these dreams, the Zod family gets attacked and everyone starts to blow up. <laughs> right? That happened at the last one too. Yeah, so, it did. <laughs> Everyone starts to blow up, and then that's when Clark kind of like awakens. I mean, he's not like in bed; like he was just um, daydreaming, like daydreaming, I guess. And uh, he's reminded by John, like, "Hey, you here?" And then um, John tells him about. Well, he's eating a lot. Yeah, <laughs> just a hungry, little re- uh, just a little recap, real quick. Um, John's old; he's about seventeen years old. As Superman's son, last seen, he was thirteen. And they're just trying to figure out why. And John's telling a story as of why in the Fortress of Solitude. He's telling Superman and Lois Lane, his parents and or i guess lois kent and what he's told so far is that he went on a space adventure with his grandpa jor-el uh things went crazy they got sucked into a portal got separated and when john was sucked into the portal the crime syndicate was there and that's where we ended last time anyways continue (laughs) yeah so uh it, it appears john may not have eaten for four years they talk about how kryptonians don't need to eat because of the yellow sun but and they also don't need to sleep but obviously to remain human clark does eat and sleep you know he, he needs it just to kind of refresh himself mm-hmm. uh even though he doesn't need it need it um my apologies <laughs> <laughs> um so clark uh, is asking john like all right keep explaining so then we get john in front of the uh crime syndicate and the crime syndicate is about to attack him which is not good and in this dream, or I guess in this flashback, it's not, it's John. Not a dream. It's, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, this flashback, sorry. Because when John left, he was about 11. Now he's about 17. In this, he looks to be about 13, I want to say. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. he's like a little bit older, and he's got like the different suit than when he left, but yeah. Yeah. Um, the anyway, Crime Syndicate. Man- yeah, the, oh, yeah, the Crime Syndicate, real quick, is. The Justice League from Earth 3, which is basically Evil Justice League. Uh, so there's an evil Superman, evil Batman, known as Ultraman and Owlman. Just basically think of Superman. What is the opposite of Superman? That's not, that's who Ultraman is. Yeah. 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 Uh, so Ultraman picks... Well, the crime syndicate was dead. Hunter did a bunch of posts about this. They died yeah. in the end of the New 52. Mm-hmm. Now they're back. Uh, this issue doesn't exactly explain it, which I'm assuming is Hunter's problem with this issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they, don't, they don't exactly explain how the crime syndicate is alive, and it doesn't seem like this is like a different crime syndicate or like a Black Portal effect because like he remembers losing to the Justice League, and he says that you know he's going to take Earth eventually later in the issue, Ultraman. But anyway, Ultraman takes uh, John and throws him into a volcano, and he's kind of torturing him. <laughs> um, he's like talking to him. Almost using him as like a therapist or somebody to t- like an ear to talk to. Yeah, literally. And uh, he, he even does things like cry to him, <laughs> which is really not good. I, I think it makes Ultraman look extremely weak. Um, I didn't care for it that much, but they have an odd relationship. I, it's supposed to be like a dark parallel of Clark and John's relationship because they have such a great relationship. So Ultraman is not having a great relationship. Yeah, with. John's stuck in this volcano for. It seems like weeks, months. John doesn't really know because he can't see the sun from here. But weeks, months, like he's here for a long time. And because there's no yellow sun in the area, he doesn't have much power to escape. He can't fly out. 
He's just yeah. sitting here on this little rock in the volcano surrounded by lava. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Ultraman is like telling him everything and he's like and again he's crying <laughs> it's weird but he's also like torturing john like he'll cry and then he'll like push john's face in or he'll it's, punch it's john really, or yeah kind like, of dark yeah and this whole time he even lies at some points because john said he all he does is listen he doesn't want to make ultraman mad uh ultraman will sometimes tell a story leave for a bit come back a few days later tell the same story but change a few details so then john knows okay you're making up the story so yeah 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 so then um after he says after he cries that's when he's like that's when he thinks he can escape so uh ultraman leaves all emotional of course uh john throws like a stone into the lava flow and that makes him like propel upwards because he can't fly out so he goes flying out like because lava and then uh when he lands he's needs to recover for a while he said it took a while to heal uh he goes to a city but this is the crime syndicate's earth so everything is not good here it's no, nobody likes heroes here. It's all about the villains. Uh, so he decides to go to the Hall of Justice, which probably wasn't the best idea, but he's like, well, it seemed like a good idea at the time. And when he gets to the Hall of Justice, he gets zapped by uh, laser beams. And when he looks up, he's like, Ma? And it was Superwoman, a.k.a. Lois Lane of that Earth. And uh, she zapped him. But it looks like his mom. <laughs> and that's yep. where the issue ends. So Super- Superboy versus Mother. To the death? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I didn't like this issue. <laughs> Just looking back, I still don't like it. I, I like the whole Al, or Ultraman talking to him like a therapist because this is supposed to be the opposite of Superman, so it kind of makes sense. But at the same time, like, he's supposed to be dead. <laughs> Metron yeah. evaporated Ultraman. Dr. Manhattan, yeah. Dano snapped Ultraman, or Owlman. Superwoman was burned to death. Like, Power Ring got yeah. his arm cut off. Uh, Johnny, who's the Flash of this universe, Johnny got Thunder. his leg, like, frozen and kicked in. Like, these characters are dead. What are they doing back? It, it just bothers me a lot. And apparently, we shouldn't give hope. Like, oh, Bendis will explain it. Because apparently, Bendis really doesn't care about other people's work <laughs> i read i started reading a line about this after reading this issue and so a lot of com comic companies are being like yeah don't expect bendis to explain because apparently he just ignores continuity for everything because he wants to write his own story and because he's written great stories in the past companies be like yeah okay yeah just you know you could ignore that writer's stuff and everything just do whatever you want take whatever character you want so it I mean, sucks. I, I I love the crime syndicate. I thought they had some really awesome stories in the New Fifty Two Justice League. But that being said, no, you can't just bring them back like that. <laughs> like, you could bring them so back, stupid. just like have an explanation as to why they're back instead of being like, oh yeah, they're back. Like, no, they died. So it's yeah, like, it's just, and uh, I hear apparently, according to some writers at Marvel, anonymous writers, uh. When people complain about Bendis, about ignoring their continuity, Bendis gets really angry about that. And he's just like, apparently he's just like, no, this is my story. I don't care about yours. And apparently he's not that nice of a person when it comes to this. Well, so, I mean, the guy who wrote the story uh, about the crime syndicate is Jeff Johns. I don't think he's going to speak bad about Jeff Johns. I mean. Yeah, but I feel like. Granddaddy of DC. <laughs> does Jeff Johns know that Bendis is doing <laughs> I, I mean, Jeff John's a busy boy. I don't know. Maybe he's not reading comics. He should be writing three Jokers. Uh, no, but <laughs> and Shazam. But not and Shazam. No, but I think it's kind of weird that they just use them out of nowhere with no explanation, and it doesn't look like we're going to get an explanation. They're just alive, which is kind of garbage to me. But I like the issue for the most part, even though I thought Ultraman was made to look like extremely weak, like crying. I don't know. I mean, I did like that he's kind of like a darker version of clark i mean he is clark but he's like a, you know a dark a twisted version of him and i like that and i thought he had an interesting dynamic with john and i think the whole father son thing was like the theme of it was cool but him crying to him was really weird to me and it made him look weak i think of ultraman is like like a general so to see him cry a dictator kind of like, yeah 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 i mean i kind of understand i don't understand the crime but i understand him just talking to john over and over because, like, John even says he doesn't think Ultraman has any real friends. And he's just using John as an excuse to talk to, since technically John is his son from another reality. But, yeah, yeah the whole, like, therapy thing is kind of weird. And 
a lot of people are saying this is Bendis' weakest issue, and I agree. So Yeah, yeah, I would say that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you rate the issue? Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> what do you rate it? Um I'm I, I was around like seven, but I'm down to like probably like five point five after oh. like kind of rereading it there. Yeah, I'm probably like a four. I mean yeah. I like the Clark's dream sequence a lot, but that's about it. I'm, yeah. I will not drop this series because I, I like no, it. It's, it's a good series, but it's just like, yeah, it's a weak issue. Yeah. They can't all be great issues, so. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, that was Superman number nine. Uh, don't, don't take this issue of being bad as the whole series, but it's actually a pretty good series. It's, it's just, a really good series, yeah. It's just a, a weak issue. But uh, mm-hmm. All right. Let's move on. The Flash, number 66. Uh, cut down by the trickster. So this is uh, a trickster origin issue uh, drawn by Scott Collins, written by Josh Williamson. Uh, both Williamson and Collins posted on their social medias of how this one's supposed to be a lot like how Flash number 197 was for Hunter's origin and Flash number – wow, I feel like a not a historian here. I think 184 uh, was Captain Cold's origin. It's either 182 or 184, uh, but that was Captain Cold's origin, both drawn by yeah. Scott Collins back in the day. So uh, it's interesting to see an issue that focuses on you know the villain's origin. It doesn't have to be all about the Flash. Actually, I think the Flash appears like twice in a flashback. Yeah. Flashback. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, um, before I start, Flash number 66 has the ugliest variant cover ever. Well, I posted it? it on my Instagram story. I don't know if you saw it. It's Tim Sale. Tim Sale is the artist of great Batman stories like The Long Halloween and Dark Victory. His artwork works for Batman, but it does not work for The Flash. It, it is oh, disgusting. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you check my Instagram story, I posted it, but it is so gross. Ugh, ugh. It looks terrible. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's creepy. <laughs> um, so we start with the trickster. He loves to read. He reads about Jesse James, his hero. Jesse James is like an outlaw from back in the day, like in the Western times, and actually where James Jesse gets his name from. He ends up perversing his name. Uh, his parents are acrobats, and they are called the Flying, the Flying, Jean, the Flying Jesse. What was their name? The Flying, the Flying Jesse. The Flying Jesses. Uh, or was it James's? I think it's Jesse's. I don't remember. Flying that, Jesse's. But, yeah, I found the page. Flying okay, Jesse's. The, the Flying Jesse. <laughs> Called themselves the Flying Jessies, which they totally ripped off from the Flying Grace. I feel like he has a southern accent. I kind of feel like that, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so they ripped off the name from the Flying Graysons, which makes you wonder about the continuity there. Like, wait, how much older is Jesse James or James Jesse than Dick Grayson? When you think about it too much, it gets a little confusing. Yeah. If he's the original trickster and he spent time in prison. But let's not dive too much into it because it'll just give me a headache. Um, he's very abused by his parents ver- verbally abused um, they force him into doing the act and he doesn't like it he's scared of heights uh, we keep getting like flashbacks and forths of when he fights the flash or when he's at the circus with his parents uh, he loses to the flash because he's just playing a bunch of tricks that are lame and flash even says like you know w- once you pull enough tricks we start to expect it y- you know you're not original anymore and then he's like you know what flash is right i'm not original anymore uh he ends up in iron heights penitentiary where ward and wolf like abuses him if you remember from earlier in the flash rebirth series ward and wolf abuses the other trickster axel walker and he like absolutely hates him so i guess he hates both tricksters i mean wolf hates every metahuman or every uh costumed hero he has like villain. a special spot for that's for like the tricksters. It seems. Yeah, you just hate the tricksters. Yeah. Uh, so again, James Jesse on the like tight. They do like a tightrope act and kind of like an acrobatic act. He doesn't want to do it. He's he feels uncomfortable doing it. He's scared of heights, but his parents are forcing him. Like, get up there, get up there. You know, you got to make a show for the crowd, and the crowd is even like, all right, he's gonna fall. Actually, th- this is kind of cringy. Uh, Williamson has one of them like with a speech bubble that says "gasp." Like, I don't think they needed the speech bubble to show them <laughs> gasping. <laughs> um, but anyway, James, it, it, it's like back and forth of him escaping Iron Heights, uh, and he has to do it by climbing, by getting. Uh, stop being afraid of heights and when he goes out into the tightrope he's about to fall and then he realizes no it's all a trick and he does like a cartwheel and a flip on there and he lands and he's like tricked yeah and the crowd loves it and they clap and he's like mom dad are you proud of me to which they like smile for a photo this actually tricked me too (laughs) yeah it it tricked me (laughs) i didn't expect Um, that to happen warden wolf is pissed that uh he escaped and there's a book on his desk which is the james the jesse james book 
and it's got a, uh, a paper in there that says tricked you. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And uh, <coughs> sorry, I got something in my throat. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. Uh, the James Jesse's just getting to me. <laughs> uh, we, we find out that their parent, his parents are like kind of bad people. I mean, I think we knew this the whole time, but they pickpocketed the entire crowd. So they have a lot of cash on them. And uh, they basically tell, tell him like the only way to succeed is to deceive. And that's where he gets the inspiration to become the trickster from his mom. Yeah. And uh, he even says like, uh, I'll show them. They'll be impressed. So it's kind of like, Ooh, is he doing this all because he's got parent issues? It's, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, he just wants to impress his parents, it seems. And we don't even know where his parents are today, I guess. Probably still part of the circus, maybe? Or maybe he killed them. Spooky. Joe, I don't think he did, <laughs> but okay. I don't know. The rogues aren't really killers. So. That's true. That's yeah, true. I don't think he did. They, they're more like bank robbers. If anything. Yeah, that's true. Like wacky bank robbers. But yeah, um, this was a good issue. I liked it. I did too. I thought the origin was very interesting. And for not being a big Flash issue, it was still good. Yeah. Does Barry have any? Oh, he had a little bit of lines. But yeah, yeah it was like a good issue. Lines. The art was nostalgic too. I liked it a lot. And yeah. I'm, I, I know a lot of people are like hit or miss on Scott Collins. I'm a big Scott Collins fan. I mean, I guess I'm biased because, you know, Flash Blitz and stuff like that. But uh, I thought his artwork really worked for this issue and really worked for Trickster. And even that last page there is just beautiful. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, it's a re- He draws a really good fr- Flash. A lot of artists, like, they're good with some characters, not good with the other. Scott Collins, like, he's made for Flash. He's it's like how Batman. Have you ever seen his Batman? Oh my! It's goodness. awful. <laughs> it's it's really bad. He makes the ears kind of like way too far apart from the head. Yeah. But he draws a good flash. It's kind of like Francis Manupel. He draws a great flash, but not a very good. Uh, Trinity. <laughs> Trinity. I like a Superman. But I not like Batman a Superman. And Wonder Woman. Yeah, his Batman's okay. His Wonder Woman's not the greatest. But yeah, good issue. I enjoyed it. Also, the colors were really worked. I mean, you got to need, you need good colors when you have somebody as colorful as the trickster. Like especially like that last page, I'm just staring at it in awe, like how beautiful it looks. Yeah, it is. It's very colorful, and I like uh, uh, Flash's red really pops too. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, what do you rate the issue? Uh, I give it like an eight. I liked it. Okay, I'm gonna go eight point five. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, maybe eight point five. Yeah, I'll go obviously that too. Obviously, not as good as Flash one ninety seven or Flash one eighty four or two, uh, the Captain Cold origin, the Zoom origin. But of course, I mean those are all time great issues of the Flash. So obviously, you can't compete with that. I mean, it's Jeff Johns. Come on now. Uh, uh, but no, yeah. this was a good issue and probably a top ten issue in Williamson's run. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Question: uh, Is this the first time that we've seen the Trickster origin? That I could think of, at least in the modern age. I haven't read Silver Age Flash like that, so they may you have done call it yourself the history of the Flash. <laughs> <laughs> True. Okay, you got to change your name unless you can okay. find out if the trickster has history, another word. history of the modern age Flash. Yeah, maybe it's been mentioned before that like, oh, I was part of the circus, and but like that was it. So maybe this is just yeah, like not a time not, not that I could think of. Although he did mention. Um, like he even mentions that he was part of the FBI and stuff like that, which happened during Wally's run. Uh, he became an FBI agent, so it's cool okay. that they had nods to that. All right, cool. Yeah, cool. I, I liked it. Yeah. Next up is um, uh, with the arc. Next up is Grim Knight. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. Let's go with Batman the Grim Knight. Uh, the Batman Who Laughs the Grim Knight. So this is a tie-in to the Batman Who Laughs miniseries because we're loving the Batman Who Laughs miniseries so much. Let's have we're a tie-in. Not, we're not. We're really. We're not. We're not. <laughs> we're not. Um, it's so, funny though. I think this is the best issue of the Batman Who Laughs saga. Yeah, I guess I agree. It's an origin story of the Grim Knight, which is a Batman from another Earth, Earth negative something. Uh, basically. Yeah, I guess we'll tell your, you his origin story. The Grim Knight. It's basically Batman with guns. But how did he get here? We start off beneath Gotham City today. I guess we'll go over that another time. Let's just go over his origin first. <laughs> we start off in another Earth, Gotham City, a long time ago. His name is Bruce Wayne. Thomas and Martha Wayne were shot in an alleyway by a mugger. The kid seemed scared at first, but he kind of took over his bravery. The mugger dropped his gun to look for the pearls if it landed on the ground, and that's when Bruce took the opportunity to grab the gun back. He aimed at the mugger known as Joe, Joe Chill, uh, age 43, I'm going to guess. Old <laughs> mugger. Bruce Wayne, age 7, picks up the gun. Tears in his eyes, he yells at Joe, Shut up, 
Shut up and die, and fires the gun. Goes straight through the target's hand and through the chest. Joe Chill died instantly that night. That was, uh, that was, that was a very dramatic reading. I thank was, you. Uh, getting chills. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I was getting chills for that. Um, I, I liked that. All right, so I think it's really stupid that the guy dropped his gun. Like, Yeah, me so too. Cheap. I thought that was so dumb. Like, why would you drop your gun on the floor to look for pearls? Yeah, like, where are those damn pearls? I don't need this gun. And why would he leave the kid alive? Like, it's, it doesn't, it's not logical. I understand why he left want... the kid alive. I mean, you, you don't want to yeah, be but a kid. It, why, why would you drop the gun in front of a guy? It's just, it's stupid to me. Dropping the gun is very dumb, yeah. It's it's the weakest part of the issue for me. I'm going to shoot your um, parents and then just place this gun down. The, they, they they do the rest of his origin very Batman Year One-esque. Yes. Have you, have you read Batman Year One, right? Yes, of course. All right, all-time great Batman story. Uh, I consider Frank Miller's best Batman story. I think it's better than Dark Knight Returns. I agree. Maybe maybe controversial. Um, <laughs> but they, they do it similar, just darker. So uh, he's training, and he trains for years, and uh, he needs his inspiration. That's when the bat flies through the window in Batman Year One. Yeah, so uh, it's like Batman sitting in the armchair looking at a statue of his father. Uh, this is for Batman Year One, and bat flies through the window and lands on the father's on his father's statue, and that's when Batman says, or Bruce Wayne, yes, father, I shall become a bat. But in this case, it's a little different. Uh, yeah, so in, in, in this case, the bat comes flying through the window, and Bruce pulls out a gun and shoots the bat. <laughs> so the bat is dead at, at uh, Thomas's feet, and then he says, Bruce's yes, feet. Uh, yeah, Bruce's yeah. feet, sorry. And it says, yes, father, I shall become a bat. So well, definitely a darker version. Plus, when he's sitting uh, in the armchair, there's a ton of guns and like explosives in front of him, and he's just looking at so, yeah, studying uh, the arsenal. Also in Batman Year One, and I love the way they did the art here. It looks like a painting. Like it's oh, it's so beautiful. It is. Yeah. Um, they so in Batman Year One, he goes to that uh, house where they're having like the fancy dinner, where it's like the mayor and all the corrupt people, and that's when he has the speech about, "Ladies and gentlemen, you've eaten well. Uh, you you have eaten Gotham's wealth. It's spirit. Your feast is over." And that's when he like he shuts down the power and basically tells him like, "From this moment on, uh, no one is safe. Like no one is safe from my wrath. That I'm going to take you guys down." In this universe, uh, he breaks in, has the same exact line, but he incinerates them all. They are all on fire and burning to death. And oh my god! I mean, it's a cool looking panel, but Jesus, that's dark. Yep, edgy. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we get a, we get allusions to other criminals that he's killed, such as uh, he never had a Joker on his Earth, but he did kill a guy in a red bucket or in a red hood at Ace Chemicals. So Joker never got to become Joker on that. He shot him first. Yep. He also shot. Oswald Cobblepot. He also shot, which is Penguin. He shot uh, Roman, what's the name? Roman Sianus or something like that. Yeah. Black Mask. And he shot Waylon Jones, aka Killer, Killer Croc. Croc. So mm-hmm. he killed a lot of villains. <laughs> on, on this earth, he's much darker and he's willing to kill. And Alfred is not as supportive, obviously, because he's realizes that Bruce has gone too far. Yeah, and the police are very torn on this. Some cops, like Jim Gordon, are saying this guy needs to be stopped. He shouldn't be the man who calls whether we should kill someone or not. He's just going around killing. Yeah, there may be bad people that he's killing, but he shouldn't just be doing that. Like, the whole party with the mayors, like, those are bad people, but not, like, bad, bad people. So, and he burned them all alive. Uh, While other cops are like, if anything, this bad character is making our jobs easier. We get wrapped in red tape anytime we get close to meeting out this kind of justice, and this Batman brings us hope. So it's kind of 50 50. Very uh, interesting dynamic. Yeah. Uh, they decided to make a bat signal. How, how original. And <laughs> shoot it up into the sky <laughs> to summon the Batman. And they wait a bit, and eventually the Batman shows up by actually shooting out the symbol. And he's like, Why'd you make a light? <laughs> like, I thought you were smarter than this. Why draw me with a light? And it's like, it's not just a light, it's a magnet. And they basically, uh, the bat signal is also a magnet, so the Batman's able to get, like, uh, kind of stuck to it since half his suit is armor and it's all magnetic. And he, plus, he has guns and stuff on him that are magnetic, so he's stuck to the bat symbol. And the police put their guns on him, and they're just like, We will shoot you, Batman. You gotta stop all these killing. And then he, something happens where Batman's just like, I know you are, I know all your names, and uh, Bruce Wayne donated your armor and everything, Bruce Wayne donated all your stuff, and then he says, like, money well spent, and he says, a com- he says like, a command code, it says vocal code 144520, and it makes, it's kind of hard to explain, but 
their suits that they're wearing like blow up i guess yeah right where their hearts are so yeah all the police just instantly just die right there except for jim gordon who wasn't wearing that kind of vest i guess and batman starts being like hey i'm getting off this uh he he gets off the uh magnet and starts fighting jim gordon and He's just like, look at your city, and he like presses a button on his gauntlet, and buildings start to blow up. He's just like, you have the right to bribe an army to corrupt officers to follow you to a fool's errand. You have the right to send them walking to their deaths in each of those arsenals you thought you were raiding. And basically, Jim Gordon ordered police to raid certain Batman bases, and he just blew them all up. Being like, you can't, you can't fight me, and then he kind of runs away. Very dark. <laughs> oh, very dark. And uh, he takes our Jim Gordon, ours Jim Gordon, and uh, he has him kind of strapped to a chair. And Jim's like, oh, why don't you just kill me then? And he has the gun to his head. And Jim actually starts sweating a lot. But the Batman who laughs stops him before the gun could click. Like, he puts his finger uh, in the firing pin. It, it's really – it's cool the way they did the art. Like, you see the firing pin, you see Jim sweating, and then you see the Batman who laughs finger. And he's got, like, really gross nails. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he stops him and he's like, no, 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 you can't do it just yet. Uh, and he's like, we have something much better planned for him. And he's like, oh, Jim, you really are a treat. <laughs> like, you think this is revenge? We got something much better, far worse than death. And that's where the issue ends. And uh, to be continuing to the Batman Who Last number four. Looking back at this issue, I really like it a lot. I thought this is, this might be my pick of the week. Really? I like it. Yeah. But I do like it more looking back at it. I don't know if I like it a lot, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it. I, I thought it was cool. Uh, actually, I, we didn't even mention our pick of the week and our cover of the week. But I, I think this is my pick of the week. And as for cover of the week, I got to go Flash 66. I like it. It's cool. Which is like the trickster holding a bunch of like paper cutouts of the Flash. And yeah. Over. Like, I, I think that's really dope. <laughs> it's very yeah. trickster-esque. I think my pick of the week would be Flash. And, or no, wait, actually, it would be The Amazing Spider-Man number 17. My cover of the week would be The Amazing Spider-Man 17. But oh, anyway, cool. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, th- this issue I, I really liked it a lot. I thought it was really cool. I, I got to give it a nine out of ten. I, I just looking back at really? it, really, like, I liked that it. it's a it's a dark turn on Batman Year One, which is cool. It's nostalgic. I think the writing is really well done. The dialogue between Jim and Bruce. Yeah, and yeah, I, I like it a lot. And the, the ending panel was like making me sweat. <laughs> like I, I was nervous for Jim, even though I know he's not going to die. I was nervous. <laughs> yeah, there are some cool dynamics. They even show at one point in this comic a family walking about to get mugged, and then the mugger all of a sudden just gets shot in the face. And uh, the father of this family says, "Stop crying! Stop crying! This this was good, you know. We we have to smile, right? The Batman is always watching. We need to say thank you, thank you, Batman." And they like wave. <laughs> And Batman just like leaves, so it's like they're they're scared of him, even though he's saving them, which is interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Good issue. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a nine out of ten for me. <laughs> it is a seven point five out of ten for me. All right. I'll say. Um, do you quickly want to go over Red Hood or? Yeah, sure. I'll quickly go over Red Hood. Um, Jason taught his hair. Yay! <laughs> he left off. He had a buzz cut, <laughs> but he let it grow out. Uh, basically, the summary of this issue is uh, he bought the Iceberg Lounge because the Penguin's been missing. I wonder where he is. Uh, so he bought Penguin's Lounge, and he runs it now, and he's hired some thugs that he's dealt with in the past to work for him and uh, ex-heroes. So, like, Teen Titans members, for example. Like, I forget their names. Sealess villains, basically. Or Sealess heroes. Let's see if I can find this guy's name. Oh, well. Oh, the bunker. He's the guy that can control bricks. <laughs> he was oh, on the Teen Titans in New 52 for a little bit, and no one's seen him since, and so Jason just hired him to work for him. So he has these people working for him. Uh, Red Hood is basically, he goes on live TV as Jason Todd, being like, yeah, I bought this place, and you know, I just, uh, I found the owner wasn't around, and I feel like I could make this place a bit better, and I thought, what would Bruce Wayne do? <laughs> he says that and kind of like looks right at the camera. And it makes Alfred's watching TV while this is happening. He just says, my word. Uh, Some thugs try to break in and they're just like, where's the boss? Where's the penguin? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he kind of like calms them down. Just to be like, hey, penguin's not here. How about I make you boys like better, like upper, better than he ever had. You can have the penthouse. And they're like, what? We can? And so he brings them to the penthouse of the Iceberg Lounge. And they go and they're like, wow. And then Bunker 
just happened to be nearby and he uses the bricks of the building of this room because it was like filled with bricks to make like a ball made of bricks puts all the thugs in there and then throws in the ocean and uh red hood says will that stay airtight all the way back to the docks and bunker's like probably uh, hopefully i mean <laughs> yeah um just trying to quickly go through this issue it's basically Dreadhood bought a bar <laughs> that's the issue then uh, okay. a bright light comes, and one of the his thugs is just like, "Don't worry, boss, I'll protect you." And Jason looks outside and he sees the Batwing just parked in the sky. He's like, oh, "Great, here comes Bruce." <laughs> <laughs> Batman like breaks through the door, punches his thug out, and Jason just starts pouring like a glass of wine and starts drinking. He's like, oh, "Great!" And Batman starts yelling at. Him. I like this part a lot. Batman starts yelling at him, being like. Uh, I trusted you, you fled Gotham, I told you to stay out of my city, and you come back and buy Penguin's Bar. Where is Penguin? He's like, I don't know where Penguin is, I don't know. And Batman's like, I'm taking you in. He's just like, oh, okay, take me in. Oh, wait, it just occurred to me. It was Red Hood who shot Oswald Cobblepot in the face. But I guess you'll come up with a perfectly reasonable explanation why you're dragging one of your foster sons to Gotham City Police, right? And charging him with attempted murder. Honestly, I'm looking forward to the chance to explain my side of this story in court. I'm sure Vicky Vale will like an exclusive. What's the matter, Batman? Forgot to pack the back cuffs, and Batman's just staring at him. And he's like, see, if you can't convince them to send me to Arkham, wouldn't it be weird that one of your foster kids is in jail? What would Bruce Wayne have to say about that? Because you can't say that I'm Red Hood, because then people might think that you're Batman. And then Batman just leaves after that. And Red Hood <laughs> and Jason just waves to be like, stop by any time, Dad. And <laughs> basically the issue ends there. The last page is... Uh, um, Jason looking through a, a aquarium, and on the other side of the glass is like a like a hidden window, and penguins in there just slamming his fist on there. It's like a basically what he describes it as is Jason found a fallout shelter for people to hide in case there's a bomb coming up. He threw penguin in there and locked him in there, so <laughs> penguin's just stuck in his own bar, and no one knows where he is. The end. I thought it was a good issue. I guess you didn't read it, so you can't really read it, but... I did not. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Uh, I give it, like, a 9. I'll quickly go over Spider-Man real quick. I won't even, like, quickly recap. It's basically... Uh, Craven the Hunter is taking every single villain in the Marvel Universe that has an animal persona to it. So, for example, uh, Scorpion, Rhino, Vulture, so on and so forth, including Spider-Man. Uh, Black Cat's one of them, too. He Basically, his plan is to take them all... Put them all in an arena, have robot hunters go in and hunt them down. This is supposedly like a huge Spider-Man event that the writer uh, Spencer has been planning for a long time. Uh, it's gonna last till the end of May too. So it's like we it's weekly though, right? Like I feel like the last three weeks there's been a Spider-Man comic. Um, this is issue seventeen and it ends at issue twenty-two, which is the end of May. So probably not weekly. But I swear, it's weird. I feel like the last two weeks, I feel like there's been so much Spider-Man. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I like Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, this issue is really cool. It's basically Spider-Man gets kidnapped eventually, and he wakes up, and he sees all these villains. He's like, hey, it's the freaking spider. Let's get him, boys. And it's like, Spider-Man's like, calm down, guys. They're like, where are we? They're basically, I think they're in Central Park. Yeah, they are in Central Park. Oh, Okay. Well, they're in Central Park in New York, and Craven has put a force field around the place so no one can get in or out. Has these robots that look like him running around hunting him. Because Craven's kind of old. He kind of just wants to watch the hunt instead of doing it himself. And so it ends with these people coming, these robots, and they, the villains and the heroes with animal personas decide we need to work together to survive. So the cover for the next issue, Amazing Spider-Man 18, is all these sp animal villains and Spider-Man running together. <laughs> So it's a cool concept. It's I really like it. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, amazing Spider-Man. That's all our comics. Da, 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 all right, da, da, yeah. <laughs> that's the comics. But that's not where the episode ends because we have a character of the week. Our character of the week is the Trickster. Now we didn't specifically name whether it would be James Jesse or Axel Walker, but I guess we could kind of do James Jesse. <laughs> we can do both. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I was introduced to. James, Jesse, and Axel Walker during Wally's run. Uh, I don't remember them from any like animated cartoon or movie. Uh, but I was introduced to them in Wally's run. Axel uh, first appeared in the Jeff Johns run 
that was like one of Jeff's creations. He's interesting. Um, basically, a lot of the rogues had been replaced uh, with like next gen rogues. Uh, so like there was a new Mirror Master and there was a new um, uh, what's the other one I'm thinking of? Uh, Captain Boomerang and stuff like that. So um, now there was a new Trickster uh, for Wally's run. He's wacky, but he's cool. I mean, the Trickster's not like a character to be taken too seriously. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then I was introduced to James Jesse in Wally's run as well. But now when he's not a bad guy, he's like an FBI agent and he's like gone legit. He works for the feds. Uh, But I've read like older comics with him as Trickster and kind of interesting. Um, In animation form, I think everybody could go back to the uh, JLU episode where Wally goes to the bar to get information and uh, Mark Hamill voices the Trickster. Yeah, that's that's like an all-time great. Yeah. so that's probably an animation form. In live action form, uh, I've actually watched the 90s Flash show when I was like, uh, I don't even know what age, but years ago. I, I bought it on DVD and years ago, and uh, there's one episode. He might be in multiple episodes, but there's one episode where he appears. Uh, Mark Hamill plays the live action trickster, and it's like probably the best episode of that show, which isn't too good, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's probably the best episode. Um Never really been a big Trickster fan. I mean, you know, I'm a huge Flash fan, and I, there's a lot of Flash villains I like. I wouldn't even say Trickster's a top ten. Just, eh, he's he's okay. Um, I feel like most writers don't really know what to do with him. I mean, Jeff did pretty good work with Axel, but that's about it. And uh, where I see the Trickster going, well, I mean, the Flash arc, he's obviously playing a big part, so that should be interesting. Um, and, yeah, I'm just ready to see him take over the Crime Empire. I'm glad that uh, James Jesse is back to be Barry's uh, trickster because I kind of like the rogues to be separate, like the new generation rogues and the old generation rogues. And they've had Axel team up with like the old rogues, which seemed weird to me in like post new 52 and rebirth. Yeah. But at least they implied that it was kind of weird. They kept calling him kid and everything. Cause he was, yeah. he's like a teenager. So yeah, he like lo- he loses his arm in guerrilla warfare hunters. Uh, favorite flash. Yeah. Story. Second favorite. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, second favorite right. blitz is number one. Of, of course, yeah. granted. Yeah, uh, so that's my that's my uh, trickster character of the week. I was introduced to trickster. I don't even know which one I was introduced to, but it was the oh, I guess it was James Jesse. It was in the animated series. I think that was my first appearance. I did see the Flash TV show episode with Mark Hamill, but I saw that on YouTube, like probably after I saw it on JLU. So that's how I was introduced to him. In comics, again, Wally's run, I don't recall what issue, but it was uh, one of Wally's runs, and it was Axel. I think it was Axel. Uh, Later on, I didn't really care for him. I thought he was more of a minor character, but then he appeared before Guerrilla Warfare, New 52, and this is around the time where I was really getting into comics, before I was just like, oh, this cover looks cool, I'm going to pick this up and be confused. (laughs) And then it was, I got really into it when New 52 was first getting started. So Axel appeared in Guerrilla Warfare. That's where I got to know more about Trickster. So I guess I know more about Axel than I do James. Uh, I wouldn't say I prefer Axel, but I like his character. I think they made him more unique by getting his arm cut off. Thank gosh that uh, after New 52 ended, Joshua Williamson started writing him. Because if it was Bendis, he would have his arm back. But (laughs) in this case, he still has the robot arm, which he uses for tricks too, which I like. Um, James Jesse Trickster. I, I don't know what he's going I don't know much about him. Well, I guess I know a lot about him now since today's issue was the origin story. <laughs> <laughs> um, where I see him going in the future. Um, I don't think he'll conquer Central City. I think Barry will put a stop to him with Commander Cold. Um, I feel like, if anything, he will escape by the end of this Trickster arc. And he will say something like, This is my last trick for a while, Flash. I'm going to say something like that. He's going to disappear, <laughs> and then he's going to join the rogues again, the older rogues. and Or he's going to mentor Axel. Either or. Uh, yeah, that's, that's Trickster. I mean, something, something that I want as, uh, like, if Wally were to get a run, and I were to write it, of course. Uh, but if Wally were to get a run, I would love to see the rogues branch off. So there's the rogues of Central City, which is the old school rogues. You got Captain Cold, Heat Wave, the original Mirror Master, the original, you know, you know all the original rogues. And then you got the new generation rogues led by, like, Axel and uh, – the Scottish uh, Mirror Master, and yeah, <laughs> uh, just, the, the, just the next generation rogues, and I, I think that could be a really cool like see a beef. I mean, that's kind of the idea of Rogue War, but 
to see him actually branch out into two different series because I, be I cool. like to keep the rogues separate. Yeah, so, no, I agree. All right, cool. All right, that, that's, uh, it. that's our character of the week, and that's our episode. So if you're listening on iTunes, we appreciate a five-star review. It helps with the rankings, and we do read them. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify, make sure you follow. If you don't, and same thing with SoundCloud, and I'm assuming Google Podcasts. I've never listened on Google Podcasts, but pretty sure it's follow. Uh, for a hero story, I'm JD. I'm Hunter, and thanks for being a hero. And remember, every second is a gift. Goodbye. Ah!